Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, a podcast designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. In this podcast, teaching pastor Steve Carter helps us dig a little deeper into what it means to love one another. Hey, Heartland, Steve Carter here. And first off, what an amazing Easter run. I know that we're not all together again, but I just, before we jump into this teach on what it means to be Easter people, people of the resurrection, I, uh, I just need to say thank you. Um, thank you to you all. Uh, you invited some of your friends to, to tune in online, but also a special thanks to the Heartland staff, uh, many of them um, who just worked tirelessly. Uh, they know how to pull off a service in a room. But this whole crew worked around the clock to ensure that you could experience an Easter service, an Easter message, Easter worship. And I don't know, if you know one of the the volunteers, one of the staff members, I'm just going to ask you, would you reach out to them this week and just tell them thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, from our family's heart, thank you uh, to this team because they are incredible, incredible people. Hey, um, I'm excited uh, about this new series that we're just going to be unpacking what it means to be Easter people. Now, I want to take you to this really quirky city, the city called Santa Cruz. I grew up in Southern California, but this city is in Northern California, so it's already a little bit quirky and something I'm not used to. But when you go to Santa Cruz, it's this beach town. And it's really only 400 feet above sea level. You could surf in the morning, drive a half mile up from the beach, and you feel as if you are 6,000 feet above sea level. Why? Because there are redwoods here. And I don't know if you've ever been around a redwood forest or redwood trees, but they are amazing. They, they are the tallest trees, over 300 feet tall. Uh, what's amazing about Santa Cruz is because of kind of the, the uniqueness of it, closeness to the ocean, all of a sudden this, these weather patterns start coming in, the fog starts coming in, and these trees, these redwoods, grow so quickly because they want to drink the fog. Literally, like 40% of their water comes from them drinking the fog. And at the base of the redwoods, you will find 8,000 gallons of water. I mean, talk about a savings account. I mean, these redwoods are prepared and they can survive drought. Uh, Any builder will tell you that redwoods are some of the strongest wood out there. Their bark is literally fire repellent. I mean, actually in our fire extinguishers, there's, there's stuff from redwoods. So a whole forest fire can be pushing through but it's not gonna harm redwoods. Uh, What's amazing too, is when you think about how tall these trees are, you think about just how strong their bark is, um, they can fend off disease. And we know what this is like in Illinois when you've got these beetles that are attacking tree after tree after tree, but not redwoods. These beetles can't even get through the bark. So they're disease repellent, they're fire repellent, They can handle droughts. They've got an amazing savings account of water. I mean, and when you start to really study these trees, you would literally think that their roots go 100 feet down in the ground, but they don't. They only go between nine and 12 feet deep. Now, what's amazing is in the UK, 
The UK found that when you planted a redwood by itself, as it grew and the winds came, it would fall over. But something happened when you grew them in a family, they, they, they actually survived the storms, they survived the wind. There was something really, really powerful. And as the scientists began to study this, they realized that the roots only went down nine to 12 feet, but they went out hundreds of feet. And then they, what they did is they literally interlocked with other redwood trees. Quick timeout. I don't know if you heard this in the 2018, the UK, Great Britain was struggling. 45% of the people felt like they were lonely. So lonely that it was affecting the marketplace. $3.2 billion every year was being lost, they estimated, due to people's feeling of loneliness. So much so that the parliament actually created a position called the Minister of Loneliness. Imagine that being your LinkedIn title. What's your name? I'm Steve. What's your job title? The Minister of Loneliness. And the whole idea was that this person was going to help Brits talk to one another, engage with one another, love one another. Back to the redwoods. When you start to study these redwoods, you begin to realize that as they start to come out of the ground from little seeds, they are racing to chase the light. They wanna get up to the sun and they wanna be able to drink the fog. They wanna start building that savings account. But something the scientists realized is that when one redwood tree gets sick, when one redwood tree is not doing very well, all the other trees stop. And through their roots, because their roots are literally interlocked and interconnected, these redwoods start giving nutrients to the sick tree. What these scientists begin to say is that redwoods talk to one another. Brits don't talk to one another, but redwoods do. And when I started to really study this, I really believed that the idea of redwoods that can grow so high, they can weather these storms, they can, they can deal with difficult circumstances. Why? Because they are interlocked and interconnected to one another. And Jesus, in John chapter 13, verse 34, offers up a new command to his disciples. And he goes, this is what I want you to be known for. He tells them, I want you to love God. And then the second one, he says, I want you to love one another. One another. Now, when you flip through the New Testament, you will see this phrase over a hundred times. And in Greek, it's the word alelon, A-L-L-E-L-O-N. And you'll see it. It's used one another or each other. And Andy Stanley says it so beautifully that the primary purpose of the local church is one anothering one another. It's us, not just going off on our own. It's us learning to orient our lives in a way where we are interconnected, interlocked, where we are helping one another, where we are truly embodying what it means to love one another. Quick time out. What I wanna do in a moment is I wanna walk you through a handful of these one another's. And you can go through the book of Romans, you'll see it. You can go through Ephesians, you'll see it. You can go through Philippians, you'll see it. All throughout the New Testament, you're gonna see that word and that phrase, a and one another. But what I wanna 
really have you focus in on is this. Who are you choosing to one another during COVID-19? And who has been one anothering you? And I really want you to think about this, Heartland, because you gotta really ask yourself in your life, maybe it's someone in your life group, and sure there's social distancing and physical distancing and all the ways that we wanna describe it, but like honestly, this isn't the first time the local church has experienced difficulty, but the question is, who's one anothering you and who are you choosing to one another? Because this is what it means to be Easter people. The primary purpose of the local church, the primary purpose of the Easter people who live in a Good Friday world is one anothering one another. So I want you to take a moment and I want you to think, who in my life am I interlocked with? Who in my life is just pouring into me? Who in my life am I having the privilege and the honor and the opportunity, even in the midst of this unknown, to pour into? Take a moment. And thank God for that person. And if you don't have some names, ask God for some names. Ask God for some people in Heartland. Maybe ask God for some people in your neighborhood. Ask God that he might bring some names to mind so that we can be the Easter people who are unbelievably good at one anothering one another. Take a moment right now. Okay, so hopefully you have your names. I've got my names. I got the people in my life who are pouring into me and I've got some people in my life that I'm choosing to pour into. And so what I wanna do is just, we're gonna look at a handful of these one another's. And I'm just gonna try and break them down. And hopefully they'll just give you a sense of even in the midst of COVID-19, how we can be the Easter people who one another one another. Let's start in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. It says this, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So the writer here is like, hey, here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give courage to another. Because that's what encourage is. Encouragement is when you see the image of God in another person, and they don't always see it. But you see it, and you are relentless in calling that out and showing who they were made to be. And with your words, you're helping to build them up so that they can be everything God made them to be. Who are you doing that for? Because being a part of the Easter people is to encourage one another and to build one another up. Let's go to the next verse. It says this in James 5, 16. It just says, pray for one another. Pray for one another. This is just a practice I've been trying to do daily. It's just reach out to a few people and just let them know. I'm praying for them, but then specifically ask, how can I pray for them? And, and I wanna hear their requests. I wanna hear their struggles. I, I wanna hear if they've got family that work in the medical field or are a first responder or a family member or a friend who might be sick or a family member or a friend who might be struggling with some financial hardship. I wanna know that so that I can pray into that. Who are you choosing to pray for? Because the Bible is really, really clear. Is that Easter people pray for one another. Who are you praying for? And who's praying for you? I love the Heartland staff because honestly, they're reaching out to people 
And before they hang the phone up, they're asking, how can I pray for you? And they are embodying what James teaches us about how we, as the Easter people, are supposed to live. And then you get, you continue on. Ephesians 4.32 says, to be kind and compassionate to one another. I don't know about you, but I think when everything is like taking place and there's so many people in my house, at times kindness can feel like a far off distant friend. What is kindness? Kindness is the ability to restrain how we think somebody should act or be or perform or do something, we are able to restrain our shoulds on them and instead walk with them. That's kindness. It's like we're supposed to be kind and compassionate. We should like care for what they are walking through. We should like learn to kind of walk in their shoes. And I think in this time, where some of our friends right now are experiencing a ton of fear. What does it mean to be kind and compassionate? When we're faced with uncertainty, what does it mean to be kind and compassionate? Uh, When you're watching people who are grieving, what does it mean to be kind and compassionate? And here's the truth. The natural tendency is for every human being in the midst of transition or a crisis to simply ask the question, what does this mean for me? But the church? The Easter people, the people who are fantastic at one anothering one another, they're people who encourage, they're people who pray, and they're people who are kind and compassionate to one another. Who's been kind to you? And who are you choosing to be kind and compassionate for? You continue to Colossians chapter three, and I think this is a powerful passage because it really tells you, church, who we should root for when it comes to NFL teams. When it says this, to bear with one another. It doesn't say packer one another, it says to bear with one another. What's that mean? It means to be honest, honest with what we're carrying. And honestly, I think in these moments, it's really easy for us to kind of like, just put up a little bit of walls, not let people in. But Easter people, they bear with one another. They invite people in. They'll continue on and it'll say this in James. James will say, confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins. Now, I know we're home, but maybe for some of us, sometimes the healthiest thing is to pick up a phone, call someone in a small group, call the pastors online, maybe call a a, a dear friend and just say, hey, I was short with my spouse today. I know I've been really, I've been really just frustrated and stressed. I took it out on my kid. I took it out on myself. What does it look like to confess? What does it look like to like raise the white flag and just say, help? And I think the healthier that we can be as a community is when we actually have people in our life who are praying, yes. Encouraging one another, yes. Being kind and compassionate, yes. Bearing with one another, yes. But also when there are people who are choosing to confess. Because when you confess, you recognize how much you need God's grace. There's some posture that is so powerful when we do this. You get to Philippians chapter two. And Philippians, I just love chapter two. It's one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And Paul will say, in all of your relationships, have the same mindset of Christ. And, and he'll talk about this, that like we, 
ought to orient our lives, our one and only lives, to how Christ interacted with people. And he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value alelon, one another above yourselves. And in this season, what does it look like to value someone? Because right now, it's super easy for us to look out for ourselves. But what does it look like for you to value one another? In this heartland, in the midst of this kind of crisis, what we end up doing is we end up interlocking our stories, interlocking our beauty, interlocking our brokenness, interlocking, and truly, we get to encourage, we get to pray, we get to confess, we get to build up, we get to value, we get to bear, and truth be told, we'll come out on the, out on the other side of this stronger, more resilient than ever before. But here's the crazy thing, back to the Redwoods, I'm like walking around and this guy pulls me aside. I says, have you, have you ever seen this? We looked up at this, like this, these redwoods and it was in a circle. You can just see the sun. You're looking three, 400 feet up in the sky. It's amazing. It's this beautiful picture. And he goes, you know how this happens? And I was like, nah, no, I, I have no idea. He goes, well, one tree falls. And when this one tree falls, all the other redwoods begin to kind of start talking to that tree and they begin to send nutrients to that tree, but that tree looks dead. And the tree has fallen and seeds have kind of dropped. But literally, it's like through that root system, all of a sudden, out of this dead bark, new life begins to grow. And I'm sitting here in Santa Cruz hearing about this and some guy goes, so what does that mean to you? What do you think about that? And I go, you know what that is? That's the gospel. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, because one Friday, it looked like death had won, but heaven was just getting started. And all of a sudden, heaven sends all of this resurrection power, this spiritual power, and all of a sudden, new life comes. And the entire church now gathers, and you read the New Testament, it talks about us being in Christ. It's almost like we have been connected and joined by what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us. So when he says, love one another, aleilon, it's not just a concept, it's what he modeled. And he invites us to do the same. My friends, who is doing that for you? And who are you doing that for? And I know there's probably some of you right now who you have your family. Maybe for some of you watching right now, you feel alone. And, and I, here's, what I, here's what I think, like you can't just like match make this, but it's gonna take somebody to pick up the phone. It's gonna take someone to go online. It's gonna take someone to, to write an email. It's gonna take someone to, to, to send a text. It's gonna take someone to say, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey. I saw that you posted this online. Can I just tell you how that encouraged me? Hey, can I just tell you, you know, I've been walking pretty close for a while. Can I just tell you how I'm really doing? Can I just bear with you? And the more that we do this, here's what will happen. The more that we will trust God, trust the way of Jesus, and learn to trust each other. 
And in that, we will develop a culture of one another that people will see and go, they actually love one another. They actually trust one another. They actually are supporting one another. They actually value another above themselves. They actually pray. They actually do what they say and say what they do. Friends, this is what it means to be Easter people. And in a culture of loneliness, it's not just in the UK, it's also here. And it's also in Illinois, and it's also in Rockford. And that's why the church, even in a time of shelter in place and physical distancing, that's why we still need to be the Easter people who pray, confess, encourage, bear, and do the one another's that Jesus taught us to. So right now, I don't know really how to do this through a camera, but here's what my thoughts are pretty simple. I want you to hear from God. For me, I can tell you what to do, but what I want you to see is what God's word teaches us to do. And I want us to kind of sit and begin to really reflect on the invitation that God invites for us to truly be those redwoods, that force and forest for his name and his glory and good. And I really want you to get really clear. This week, who will I reach out to? This week, who will I choose to encourage? This week, who will I choose to bear with? This week, who will I choose to pray for? This week, who will I choose to confess to? And this week, who will I choose to value above myself? Can you imagine if every one of us watching, every one of us tuning in, every one of us who calls Heartland home, if we did this, what this could do? I mean, TJ talks about this all the time. We are the church, and it's true, but we are the church when we truly do as Jesus instructed. I pray that you will receive the Spirit's prompting on how you can be an Easter person who one another's one another. I'll see you next weekend. Grace and peace. This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Steve asked the question this week, who will you reach out to? Choose to encourage, choose to bear with, choose to pray for, choose to confess to, and who will you choose to value above yourself? If you'd like to experience the entire service this message came from, go to heartland.cc, click on the watch page, or you can head out to the Heartland Community Church YouTube channel, or you can download the Heartland app in the App Store. Search Heartland CC.